There is a thin veil that protects humanity from the horrors and darkness of the other. Within the other lives everything that our minds can bring to imagination. Or maybe it is not imagination at all, and just a thinly veiled reality that our mind cannot believe to be true. The veil is the will of humanity to protect the innocent from the dangerous and the horrible. A pursuit to ensure that the darkness of the other does not consume the world. The vanguard are those who uphold the veil, who know the truth of the horrors and fight it every day to protect the innocent. They must ensure that the balance is maintained in the darkness held at bay. We are the vanguard of the veil. Welcome everyone to another session of the Vanguard of the Veil, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast powered by the Apocalypse System. I am your keeper, Fred, and my pronouns are he, him. And joining with us today, Alex. Hi, my name is Alex. I go by any pronouns and I play Deandra. Her pronouns are she, her. Josh. Hello, I'm Josh. Uh, me and my character Spin go by he, him pronouns. Also, if you hear screaming and yelling, I think my neighbors are getting a divorce. <laughs> Steph. Hi, I'm Steph. I play Artemisia. Both of our pronouns are she, her, and I'm invested in this. <laughs> and Matthew. Hey, everybody. I play Professor Gunderson, and our pronouns are he, him. Excellent. So, Josh, if you want to bring your microphone closer to the window or the wall, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I heard someone yelling outside my window, and then I heard a very heavy door slam over Ooh. there, and I'm like, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> just free sound effects. That's all they are. Yeah, just, just, just Twitch scream your neighbor's <laughs> divorce. Josh, are you sure. reacting to more noise or? Yeah, there's there somebody screaming. That's why I could just watch this for like hours. Yeah. Just Josh's expressions. <laughs> Josh, Josh reacts. <laughs> Josh reacts. Yeah, very that. Okay, Matthew, what happened last week? On the last episode of Vanguard of the Veil, vale, we are introduced to Artemisia, a goth girl student at Brown Community College and a new hunter joining the group. On campus, a situation is afoot at the Triple Five frat, where Spin joins a gathering of people to see what the hubbub is about. Lewis Buckner, an athlete in the school and member of the fraternity, is dead, having jumped from his third-story room. What is strange that it appears to be Frosty as well. Spin also notices that Artemisia's roommate, Shelly Young, is also at the scene. Back in their room, Artemisia notices that Shelly is acting weird, appearing to talk to an unseen figure in the room. Shelly also has a spellbook that belongs to Artemisia, and explains that she recently had a fling with Lewis. Uh, back at Professor Gunderson's lab, Deandra got the nuggies drinking and chain smoking. Uh, spin, <laughs> spin fills Professor G and Deandra on what's going down with Buck, aka Lewis Buckner. Uh, the team is able to look up Lewis and Shelley's records, and Deandra goes to snoop on Shelley's dorm. Meanwhile, Artemisia spots Shelley out and about on campus and goes to eavesdrop on her. As she approaches, a branch bursts from Shelley's chest. Oh boy. Lots going on there. Um, okay, so let's pick it up with Steph. So Artemisia, you find your roommate Shelly, who was having a fevered conversation with what looks like herself. And as you approached prior to going to your next class, uh, a tree branch burst through her chest. Um, it has since then uh, removed itself and is back in a standard orientation on the tree that it came from but Shelly is lying on the ground blood pooling around her body convulsing as the life slips away what do you do uh i'm gonna pull out my phone which is covered in skull charms and i will call 911 absolutely and and then kind of like as i'm talking to 911 like uh, I will also run over to her and like try to stem the bleeding using the many yards of fabric that make up my outfit, like all this like black like be- netting and stuff. And I'll try to like make kind of bandage. And they're like, "Oh my god, uh, Shelly, um, okay, oh uh, boy." Um. And as she looks at you, uh, as the light 
uh, and her eyes starts to fade. Uh, a couple of things that you notice is a, a weird coldness in the air that is permeating around you. Um, she looks like she's shivering, and you are not sure if that is from maybe the temperature drop in her body or from the large wound that is in her chest. But uh, as she kind of grabs your arm, she says one thing uh, before uh, she goes, and that one word is a name. And that name is Evelyn. Evelyn. Okay. Okay. Your strips of cloth crowd around this large gaping hole, doing nothing uh, for uh, Shelly as she is now dead. Oh boy. Um, I would like to reach out with my powers. Okay. Uh, I am going to use uh, one of my powers. So I am playing the spooky. Uh, so one of my powers is the sight. You can see the invisible, especially spirits and magical influences. You may communicate with and maybe even make deals with the spirits you see, and they give you more opportunities to spot clues when you investigate a mystery. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of like reach out, like maybe hoping to catch Shelly, maybe hoping to catch whatever caused this tree to impale her. Um, Just, yeah, just sort of like broadening out my mind and and seeing what wanders in so does is this power associated to a role or is it like because you're a spooky you're just able to see ghosts or those types of energies yeah it's it's more of like it's a little flavory it doesn't like specifically link to a role um i think it's kind of up to you uh if i were to like investigate a mystery now or later i would have sort of additional context um, sure, and sure. Maybe be up to you how that shakes out role wise. So you start to kind of reach out with your powers and you look around and, and there is a small, steady crowd coming towards you, obviously, uh, from your frantic call on the phone and this young student on the ground, you know, dying out. Um, But you notice one person who is standing by the nearby tree, uh, the very same tree that had impaled Shelly. And at first you didn't think much about it, but now that you are focusing on her, uh, you can tell uh, that uh, this person standing next to the tree is another young adult, uh, you know, a female who is probably 18, 19 years old. But three things are very striking to you. Number one, her um, outfit uh, looks very outdated, like she is wearing a dress from like the 70s. Uh, number two, uh, there is a odd angle uh, in her neck, and there is a what almost looks like a <sighs> caved-in section of her head. Uh, that almost looks like maybe there was some kind of blunt attack on her. And then, of course, lastly, the telltale signs of, like, etherealness. Uh, she is not 100% substantial, but also not 100% um, see-through. There is a substantial tangibleness to her, um, which is slightly different from your experience with standard ghosts that you have experienced like dealt with there is something unique about this person almost as if they are in between these two worlds okay uh i would like to how far away is she like and i kind of just walk up and talk to her yeah i would say like eight feet at most all right so yeah i will kind of uh get up from shelly's body walk over and ask her are you Evelyn? Uh, why, yes. Do I know you? Did, did we, do we have a class together? No. No, we do not. Uh, do you know my friend Shelly here? Well, I, I yes, I, I, I think I do. She, um, uh, she told me that this girl, Candy, was disrupting her relationship with some young man named Buck, and uh, she wanted me to go have a conversation with Candy, but, well, we know how that turned out. 
Obviously, Buck and Shelley were the ones that were being untowards. But I, I have to go. I, I have to get to class. I need to go to English class. Uh, Professor Clevenger is going to be upset if I, if I'm late. So I, I guess I'll see you later. And she just starts walking away from you. Okay. Bye. Uh, I'm going to mentally note down the name Professor Clevenger, was it? Yes. Okay. English class, Professor Clevenger. Okay, and does she disappear as she walks away, or does she stay this, like, sort of semi-corporeal? Semi-corporeal, but you're not sure if if you're seeing her because of your powers or if she is like visible to everyone, you really haven't figured that out yet. There's something unique about this interaction because you have interacted with ghosts before. Um, And so with that, what we'll do is we will pan the camera out back towards Ross hall, which is the uh, institutional building of the dormitories uh, five stories tall where Artemisia and, uh, Shelly have their room uh, and we find Deandra uh, outside this building I believe that's where you were going correct you were going to like break into Shelly's room oh absolutely yeah Great. I came with oh okay perfect so okay. spin Deandra you are outside of Ross Hall um, how are you going to locate Shelly's room um did we already got it from when we pulled up there yeah Gunderson told me Perfect, yes. perfect. Okay, great. So um, you do locate uh, uh, the, her room, which is on the fourth floor, um, and you are at the door. Um, there is nobody in the hallway currently. It seems like maybe most of the students are in class, um, but the door is locked. Okay. Spin came with me. Yep. All right. Um, I'm going to like try the door a little bit and then give it like a couple shoves, and if it doesn't budge, I'm going to be like, um, you want to give it a kick? The door? Yeah. How else are we going to get in? I mean, I, what floor are we on? The fourth. Okay, I can't five. climb up four stories to get in the window. I was just, you seem pretty tough. I thought you might want to kick the door down. Spin blushes. I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm I could be tough. Uh, uh, okay, okay. And then he's going to put his hand on the doorknob as if to turn it. And then like push the door open or attempt to like push the door open with like unnatural strength. Do you want me to roll something? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess kick some ass would suffice. I mean, you are <laughs> attacking the door. Truly. <laughs> that is a 10. Oh yeah. So that is a success. Um, so how, do you like spin kick it or do you just oh, like not? No, it's it? nothing that fantastic. I it, it looks like I'm just reaching to open the door like a normal person would. And I just like push the door like fully off the hinge. Like I just swing the door off the hinges, break the latch, like the whole thing just breaks. God, so and then I, like, the pull entire my hand door is like removed from the frame and off the hinges and the lock. And it just kind of like pushes into the room. Yeah. And then I look at D'Angelo like, oops. No, no, oops. Very impressive. Um, I like it. I'm going to give him a pat on the back. Good work. I do an aw shucks. <laughs> and I'm going to go into the room. Yeah. So you go into the room and once again, you kind of take note of spins almost what looks like supernatural strength. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's a, probably a lot of people that could probably push open a door like that, break open a door, kick open a door, right? That's pretty mm-hmm. standard. But to be able to push that door off both hinge and lock and at, at the size that spin is, there is definitely something extra there. Um, yeah, I'm making a note of it. <laughs> Deandra will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I make a note of it. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna snoop around the room a little bit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look at Spin and be like, look around, tell me if you find anything. Okay. So I I will say this. Um, we'll go over a, a very basic description of the room, and then um, I will point out that nobody has actually investigated a mystery as of yet. 
for you to ask specific questions. Now, when you look through this room, you find kind of like two halves of, of the students, right? On the right-hand side, uh, there is a room that is uh, kind of decorated in a very gothic, dark black, you know, fabric and, you know, uh, I would assume like silks and stuff like that. And on the other side, a very standard looking student's room, um, almost to uh, the point of kind of being boring in comparison to their counterpart, the other half of this room. Um, the first thing that comes out very striking is that there is a book uh, on the bed of the boring student side of the room. I'll, I'll, um, oh, wait, hold on one second. Did you take the book with you? I took the book with me. There okay. is a Planned Parenthood pamphlet on the pillow, though. <laughs> okay, that's right. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. But I have the book with me, yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll retcon that a little bit. There is a Planned Parenthood pamphlet uh, upon the bed. I guess this would be a good time to do as you suggest, and I'm going to roll Investigate a Mystery. Okay. Can I help? How do I help? Uh, Yeah, I think you could do, like, a, isn't there a help out uh, roll somewhere? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, roll plus cool, it says. All right, I'll do that. That is a seven. Okay, partial success. I'm not sure. I'll have to pull up my notes here. On seven to nine, your help grants plus one to their roll, uh, but you expose yourself to trouble or danger. Ooh, okay. This is this fits. This tracks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I rolled with the plus one, 11. Excellent. So you are, you have great success. Um, what uh, allow? How many questions are you allowed at this uh, success? On a ten plus, hold two, so I can ask two questions. Yes. Um, all right. So I'm going to. I'll ask one. Um, I will ask. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out like what I know versus what I want to know. All right. So oh, I know. I know what I'll do. I say, what is being concealed here? If there's anything being, I want to know what's being hidden. Okay. Yeah, so you see the Planned Parenthood pamphlet and you find that interesting. Um, of course, you know, this is probably fairly common on a uh, school campus like this, especially with students often, you know, uh, carousing and, and fornicating. Um, but it leads you to kind of search the... Uh, desk uh, of this student a little bit more and you come across what looks like a diary and you immediately start flipping through the pages. Um, Absolutely. The most recent entries uh, are marked only a couple days prior uh, and it looks like um, the student who you find is uh, <laughs> who, whose name is Shelly, uh, Shelly Young, um, she had recently uh, found herself um, in a very exciting uh, tryst with uh, one other student who goes by the name of Buck. Um, they had uh, recently had sex, and uh, she has all types of feelings uh, towards this, um, you know, just this fantastic person. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, recently, she has been informed uh, that there is somebody else uh, within this love triangle by the name of Candace, and Buck has chosen Candace over Shelley, uh, and that has left her uh, scorned. Do I know that Buck was the one that was dead? I believe Spin might have yes. presented that information, okay. had informed okay. you that Lewis Buckner, a basketball player, had recently uh, uh, fell to death okay. uh, in front of the Triple Phi house. Um, so you associate the word Buck with Lewis Buckner. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm going to pocket the diary. Because um, of course I do. Um, and then I'm going to offer Spin a cigarette while I say, tell me about Candace. <laughs> okay. I hold the cigarette between my two fingers. And then I will reveal what I know about Candace, which is probably very surface level. Yeah, yeah. So you are aware that uh, Candace Lane is also another student. Um, they uh, have been dating uh, Lewis for probably a little over six months. Um, 
I would say other than that, maybe, you know, there have been small encounters on campus where you run into each other or maybe at a basketball game, uh, you know, in the bleachers. Um, but, you know, there is not much more there. You're just aware that Candace and Buck are in a open, like in a relationship that everybody knows about. They're not hiding this relationship or anything like that. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll continue to to, to look around for now. Um, I'm not trying to be sneaky. Um, like I'm just opening drawers and leaving them open, and like everything I pull out of the drawers, I'm just like <laughs> thumping to the floor. Like I'm not subtle at all. Um, and I'm smoking in the room as yeah. well. Spin's gonna tuck the cigarette <laughs> behind his ear and then, like, nervously, like, be like, kind of like almost like he looks like he's gonna pee, like, looking outside the room, making sure nobody's like coming. Uh, I guess we should go probably talk to Candace. Do you know where Candace lives? Uh, no, I have no idea. Okay. All right. I guess I got what I needed from here. Um, I'm going to, um, I guess I'm gonna go to like the, the registrar's office because that would like kind of have information right mm -hmm. like the registrar's office of like who lives where yeah i i would say so and and also uh, you know professor gunderson should be able to access that information as well i believe that is right. how he found out the information oh, yeah, that's true. on yeah. shelly's room right. in the first place yep. Um, we gotta take this back to Gundy. Yeah, okay. I was about to say you could go to the register, but like, I feel like they'd be like, "Who are you? Uh, Who are you again?" Yeah, <laughs> right. You can't smoke then, in here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Where's old? Uh, what's her name, Matt? <laughs> yeah. Right. Tell me the location of a child. <laughs> is that an open liquor container in your hand? Again, yeah. you're asking. I'm Gun? asking questions. Where is? Where's that old little bitch at? Is that a <laughs> magnum peeking out from underneath your jacket? <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so are we heading out? Uh yeah, yeah. Okay, as Deandra leaves, Spin is gonna kind of grab the door and like kind of pull it back up and then like just pull it back up and then kinda of let go and see if it stays up. Yes, and it then does. Catch up with Deandra. Fred, okay. can I return back to the dorm as this is happening? <laughs> sure, if you Because like that was to, kind absolutely. of my intent was to like go back to the dorm now and like read the book. So yeah. if I if I walk up on them like putting the door back on my room, <laughs> yeah. So you're walking down the hallway. You see this woman smoking a cigarette pass you, and then you see Spin. Uh, I wonder, do you know each other perchance, or I feel like maybe... oh, yeah, I would because I take Gunderson's class. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so you saw me. Yeah, you yeah. definitely saw me sprinting into the into that hallway. Yes, and you're his fast. TA, right? Sort of, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I would have seen you around. So it's probably like an acquaintance but not introduced situation. And you come come across Spin who is currently looks like trying to open your door or maybe close your door, but he is currently at your door. Okay. Spin. I jump you? and hit my head on the top oh. of the hallway. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, hey, what's up? Uh, what is up is you appear to be breaking into my dorm. No, I would never break in. And I'm looking for Deandra. <laughs> the door's off the hinges. It came that way. Um, and I, like, look at Deandra and shrug. <laughs> no, he... I'm the one that broke in. Okay. And it wasn't your room I was breaking into. I was breaking into Shelly Young. No, that's... She, um, was my roommate, I guess. Oh. Uh, and I, like, She's... look down and I'm, like, covered in blood. Ah. Yeah, she... She's dead. Uh, what are you doing here? Uh, I'm gonna past my bottle of liquor yeah I'll just, i take a hit off that yeah <laughs> sweet okay. i'm gonna cool. try to offer the cigarette mm. <laughs> just like oh no i got my own and she'll uh she'll blow on her vape and the smell of delicious spinach artichoke dip fills the air <laughs> that sounds awful i put it back behind my ear uh, okay 
Spin, who is this? Uh, uh this is, uh, Deandra. Uh, She's a friend of the doc. Oh. Yeah, friend. Dr. Gunderson? He's taught yeah. here for, like, a long time, right? Like, maybe since the 70s? Gosh, I don't know. He's, like, old. He's pretty old. He's, like, at least He's 30, old. I think, right? Yeah. At least. He's older than 30. Uh, I don't know. I think like, we said he's old, like in his old. mid-50s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna... Wait. Why were you at... Why were you in my room? Well, um... I am going to roll <laughs> to manipulate somebody. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and I'm going to roll to manipulate uh, this, this girl who's asking too many questions. Mm. Um... You just illegally gave alcohol to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to use uh, see it all fits together. I'm going to use sharp instead of charm when I manipulate somebody. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to try to like barrage her with information of things uh, to try to make her understand kind of what we're getting at. But also like blind her with like jargon. There's so much cigarette um, smoke. It's yeah, cigarette <laughs> right. smoke and like vape clouds. There's like this cherry at the end of the cigarette that is just bobbling and will not <laughs> fall, and that's distracting you too. <laughs> I got a seven. Now, how does it work if I'm rolling yeah. against another hunter? Um, I believe if they uh, choose to accept the manipulation, um, there's like a section on it. Yeah, I think I, I actually like, think that I would because I'm looking for an explanation, right? So, yeah. so if she just starts like going ham, I would probably just accept that and like listen to it. Okay, here's what my manipulation is trying to do I'm trying to get her to come with us to Professor Gunderson's lab. Okay, that's what I'm trying to like m manipulate her to okay. do. So I was, I was kind of already planning on doing that, so I would say that you're successful. Okay. My my like the th the where she like why I was I was like okay well I would like to go talk to Professor Gunderson but also these people broke into my room, so I need right. a little bit of an explanation there. So if that's what you give Ooh. me then yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, I see what it does. So you got a seven? Uh, yes. A seven is they mark experience if they do what you ask. Ooh. So oh, they okay. get an experience point for going along with it. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, Alex. Wait, we should just do this on each other all the time. <laughs> yeah. Just what are you going to do, other? Spin? I'm going to manipulate him to do it. <laughs> so then we pan the camera over back to the poly D center of the sciences. For the sciences. Center for the Sciences, the building where Professor Gunderson teaches at and also has his laboratory. Yes. And uh, we find everybody together. Are the oh. Nuggies hungover? Like, are the Nuggies drinking, like, Pedialyte? <laughs> they, they are nursing <laughs> a hangover. Yeah. They got sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah. One of them is upside down in the trash. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So okay, so this is this is Artemisia's like first time. Yes. Oh, here. yeah. I'm gonna announce to hey Doc, uh, we brought a friend. Spend how many times do I have to tell you not to just have random hooligans coming off the street in bringing him to my lab? Uh, it's special occasion. Yeah, and to be fair, she's not that random. She's the roommate of the now dead girl that we were looking. If every roommate from every dead student came into my laboratory, I'd have the whole campus here. Wait, how many dead students are there? 72. That's very oh. specific. No, not that I keep count. It's just, uh -huh. it's in the blotter. It's in, like, the faculty newsletter. Like. <laughs> Zero days since a student has died. <laughs> Damn. We almost made it to ten this time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Artemisia will look around the lab. Oh, he's he's like also the, wearing like the, PPE, so yeah. he's got like goggles, a respirator, yeah, and like yeah. chemical gloves on. Uh, yeah, no, Artemisia is all into this like freaky little fr flesh things running around, and like I don't know, mad science shit. Like she's in. It's like this is cool. Ignore the nuggies; they are recovering from their shenanigans. So what it seems like to me at this moment, um, I'm sure there's more to it and I should probably start like 
uh, looking into it a little bit more, but on surface level, it looks like a love triangle, and we need to talk to Candace Lane, because she might be involved as well. Oh, so I talked to a ghost, and uh, she was she mentioned something about uh, how, like, uh, Shelly summoned her to help get, like, take care of Candy, which doesn't seem great. Her name's El Evelyn. She did not have a great sense of dress, but, um, you know, she seemed cool. Her neck was broken. Uh, hey, hey, Professor. Yes. Do you remember, like, a Professor, like, clitoris or something from the 70s? Were you here then? Clark, Clavicle. Cla <laughs> uh, so I wasn't here in the seventies. Fred, uh, should I roll something for that, or is that just look up Clevenger or clitoris or clavicle? When would you say your first experience at this school was? The eighties, the nineties? Probably like either late nineties or early two thousands. Got it, got it. Okay. So you wouldn't know this professor uh, offhand, but there probably is some kind of directory or archive that you might be able to access, or maybe you'd have to go to the, you know, campus library or something to get records. Yeah, or, or he'd be, they'd have like a digital library and he'd have published works or something on there. Yeah. From way back, way back when. And yeah, you do so. And um, although you have never met this professor, um, they are a tenured English professor that retired probably like twenty years ago. Okay, so he, so, so he, he would have been like, yeah, on his way out when I was just joining the faculty. Correct. Or yes, I seem to remember this gentleman. Were you kidding about like a list of dead students? Because that would be handy. We could look up about Evelyn. Uh, well, if it's from that long ago, then perhaps uh, I'd be able to look it up, but I don't believe that we would keep track of it very recently. I could, I mean, that's that's probably something I could, if we had to go to the library and look at, like, microfiche, we could yeah. pull up. Yeah. The thing is, yeah, we'd have to look up, like, the 70s and Evelyn. Yeah, yeah a, so you have access to, like, uh information that is current for like you know the campus and curriculum and attendance teachers and stuff like that there probably is some like you know alumni information of like previous professors and stuff like that but for you to be able to maybe find out about a death of a student from that long ago you would probably look into like newspaper articles like maybe specifically the campus uh, newspaper uh, which is called the horn. It is. It is called yeah. that. The brown horn. <laughs> For Brown Community College newspaper. All, all that tootin'. Huh. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know if I'm driven to do this immediately. Uh, perhaps you could give me some more information on what exactly is going on. Where is this young Shelly Young uh, probably like the morgue by now I don't know is there like a morgue wait is there a morgue that would be really cool well maybe in town but not on campus uh, where do they so, take all the dead students so from this morning to now Shelly Young is now post-mortem super dead all this blood that's Shelly blood on oh yeah it's still covered oh I didn't realize you were covered in blood yeah. yeah, she's coated in Shelly. Although, to be fair, I wear a lot of black, and it does feel like blood would fit into my aesthetic. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so you're not one of those Greenpeace types? No. Hmm. A tree did kill her? That was kind of weird. Tree. Another tree? We've been dealing with plant life already. What? Hmm. Yeah, like a tree-like arm just right through her. Uh, Spin is pale and pacing at the sound of I saw a ghost and then pale, uh, Spin started pacing <laughs> nervously and being pale um, so 
in your investigation, Miss uh, Tompkins, were you able to find anything else? Um, yeah. Well, so there's like this love triangle going on. Um, Buck, who's dead, slept with Shelly, who's dead, but Buck was dating Candace, who is, as far as we know, not dead. I know I may be a doctor, but I'm not that kind of doctor. Right. Yeah. I just I'm saying, I think Candace is involved. And we need to speak with her before she either dies or kills somebody else. One or the other. I don't know. Because it seems like a weird love triangle. And I know that we've got ghosts and evil trees happening right now. So there might be a supernatural element. But it seems like a love triangle at the moment. Hmm. Perhaps we have two avenues for investigation. Some of us should go and right. figure out what's going on with this former student, this unknown Evelyn character and someone else should investigate what's going on with this Candace. Maybe follow them around. See what the haps is. Deb's looking up the dead girl. Yeah, I'll I'll go follow Candace. I'll that. Uh yeah, I will I'll do I'll do research. I'll look up Evelyn and stuff. Okay, so how are we splitting the party? Who is doing what? I think Gunderson would deal with research because he can't be bothered to deal with following around a student. Okay. <laughs> There's something weird That's about real. that. Uh, <laughs> Spin has yeah. an uncanny ability to go ignored, so following Candace will be easy. So Hi. then Deandra and Spin will uh, locate Candace, and Professor Gunderson and Artemisia will be uh, looking into the information of Evelyn uh, and, and who she might be. Yeah. Okay, great. Sounds easy. So the four of you split off and split the party. Uh, two of you immediately start going down uh, towards uh, one of the other dormitory buildings, um, more than likely looking for Candace. I would assume that uh, uh, Professor Gunderson was able to locate the dorm information for Candace, and then um, Professor Gunderson and Artemisia will be going to the uh, campus library and um, we'll be looking at uh, old uh, newspaper articles to see if they could locate this Evelyn who uh, died on possibly campus uh, in the 70s. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So um, we find Professor Gunnarsson and Artemisia. You two are just walking towards um, the library building. Um, you have made this trip several times, both of you, uh, just because of the fact that, uh, you know, this building, uh, which is the Ken's Celis Library, uh, is the only library on campus. Um, so Artemisia, maybe you have done some type of uh, schoolwork here, and Professor Gunderson has probably, you know, rented out books from this library. Um, and you find yourself at the front desk of this incredibly Victorian Gothic style uh, library building. Oh, yeah. Artemisia's horny for this building. What's, what's the name of the librarian who would be, like, at the help desk? Or yeah, so uh, you you know the uh, front desk um, attendant as Grant Aldefer. Fred, I have a question as an audience member. Yes. Is there a librarian or a librarian assistant that is ancient, older than salt? Older than rock formations. And hot. That has a crush on Gunderson. Oh. oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so Gene Underwood yes. uh, is also uh, a library assistant. Uh, she is an old professor that doesn't teach anymore and has retired her tenure, but still volunteers at the Ken Sellis Library uh, due to her love of uh, books. And uh, there has been maybe a handful of interactions between Professor Gunderson and Jean. And uh, uh, although Grant uh, uh, basically, you know, um, is there to attend to your needs, uh, Jean kind of shows up out of nowhere. She just kind of like slides into camera view and is like, oh, Professor Gunderson, it is a pleasant night. What do we owe this pleasure to? Oh, hello, Jean. I've come to look through some archives for some information regarding mysterious events from the 70s. Oh, the 70s. That was an exciting time for me. Well, uh, Dennis, I could take you to the uh, viewing area. We have, of course, our 
microfiche there if you want to. Maybe I can help pull some out for you. Uh, I'm a strong, independent man who don't need no woman. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you uh, want Gene to pull no, some microfiche No, I appreciate it, but uh, I'll just be going through the Horn archives. Oh, well, uh, you know library policy. Uh, unfortunately, you need to have a library attendant to help you pull those microfiches, so I'm sorry, I uh, guess that you're... That rule does not apply to fully-fledged professors, this esteemed institution. Well, if I last recall, you are kind of on a, um, what do they say, a probationary due professor. to... Well, you are also on a probationary uh, you know, you, you've gotten in trouble before, and you know, the last time we left you to your devices, we did find an entire shelf of books on fire um and we don't i did put the fire out myself though uh, well yes you did but you also started the fire and well we look we didn't start the fire <laughs> i don't know who you say by we and whether you're with another person or not the the council has found that you are unfit to be left unsupervised i do apologize dennis i don't mean to be untowards, but all I want to do is help you. Gutterson visibly pouts and crosses his arms. Now, now, Dennis, <laughs> it, am I, am, is my company so unwanted that you are going to pout, although however cute you are? I just don't want to have a babysitter. Well, then just think of... I'm a man. Well, how... <laughs> I'm a man, well, Jessica! I'm a man. I'm 50. Well, Dennis, then it would behoove me to consider this a date, then. That way you don't see me as a babysitter. Maybe a partner in your endeavors of whatever it is you're looking for. You said you were looking for the rollicking 70s? I remember those days. Oh, And you could kind of see this look that passes over her face as she is, like, wistfully thinking of escapades. And then she snaps back. Goes, well, if if you like to follow me this way, and she goes to like link your arm, do you allow her to uh, embrace you in a arm link? Oh, he is he is like ins insolent child, whatever. He's he is his arms are crossed so tight over his chest, and you can see he is in a huff. You can see she is like. Forcing it her is an hand, impenetrable fortress. She is like forcing her hand through your arm, and Artemisia is there the entire time, just watching this exchange. Oh, Artemisia is having the best time. <laughs> this is great. She's in her favorite spooky old building, and she's watching old people hit on each other. Dennis, I <laughs> really one one way hitting. Well, she's yeah. like twenty years old. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is very funny too. I almost wish I was there to be like, damn, Gunderson yeah. got game. Dude, Gene. So Gene, my lady. Dennis. Yes, Gene. Now, now, and hook your arm, please. We are trying to mm -hmm. go over to the area that you are requesting. Very well. And she takes the two of you to um, a kind of isolated corner section of uh, this area. There are these like large filing cabinets and uh, there looks like to be like eight cubicles uh, with what look like viewing computers um, and you quickly uh, plant yourself in front of one of these viewing stations and she brings out you know stacks of information and you start kind of going through them and the first thing you find is that uh, you know the horn uh, there is a lot of deaths on this campus. I mean, unseemingly a lot. It is just crazy. Like, you're just going through day after day, week after week, year after year, and it's like, this student has gone missing. This student has turned up dead. This student, yada, yada, yada. And you come to an article uh, that talks about uh, a young woman who had taken her life uh, by jumping out the window of her dorm uh, in the late 70s by the name of Evelyn Bradshaw. Uh, 
should we roll to investigate a mystery at this point or absolutely i feel like we got lots of pieces wait what's your uh are we are we individually doing it is it one one roll for it's up to you i'm i'm very my sharp is one same you go for it. I, I would. Gonna, I, I was would gonna say we probably just both. Well, uh, the other yeah. the other one would just do a help out, but I guess yeah. It might be better just to each of us roll it. Okay, let's do it. I got a seven. I guess eight. Eight I, sharp. I got a five. So nice. where Professor Hell Gunderson yeah. is. He is not touching the microfiche because he is Gene still is he's still distracted. fortress up. <laughs> yes, so his defenses are still up, and you know the uh, the computer system is kind of archaic, and so Professor Gunderson is unable to um, both operate and or locate in, any information. But Artemisia, for you, uh, you find the article about Evelyn Bradshaw. You see that she was a student here in the late 70s at Brown Community College and that she had taken her life, uh, at least from the reporting of the newspaper. You are able to ask me any one question from the list of questions provided in Investigate a Mystery. I want to go with, especially in context of... Uh like what I saw earlier where she was kind of half corporeal. I want to know what kind of creature. Great. This is. Great. Yeah. So, um, as you kind of delve into this information, you gather, you know, uh, all of the experience that you have seen, uh, you know, that this ghost that you saw was, um, very different from your standard ghosts. Uh, uh, this is what we consider like a vengeful apparition, or a category that we call the executioner. Um, their motivation is to punish the guilty. Um, so you kind of start to put things together. So Shelley had informed you that she used one of your books to like summon a demon or something to get like a wish or something like that. But for some reason, instead of maybe summoning a demon, which you've probably never done yourself, this ghost was summoned and this ghost has now instead of attacking Candace who Shelley pointed out being the adulterer uh, it seems like now both Buck and Shelley are dead but Candace is not and so you're starting to see a pattern here um, but you're still not sure a hundred percent what's going on but you do know that the monster in this mystery is a vengeful ghost. This would be so cool if she wasn't, like, really anti-sex. Are you saying that out loud to Professor yeah, Gunderson, actually, who is honestly, not paying yeah. attention and clearly being, like, <laughs> yeah. um, somewhat I, I, harassed? So... <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely gave you and Jean lots of space. Uh, definitely tried to give you as much alone time as I could. So. Um, I would still have the book on me because I didn't actually like go back into my room. So I'm going to start just looking through the book, I guess, and trying to maybe figure out if there's anything in there that would also give you a little more. Something. Yeah, so you start um, just flipping through the pages of this book and you come across numerous pages that have been defaced. Like, it looks like Shelly has actually like scribbled into the sidelines of these pages from like the spell that specifically she used. So you're able to locate it immediately. And it looks like she did have a summoning spell uh, that she was researching. Um, but you feel like something must have gone wrong because maybe it was the way she had cast a spell or maybe she didn't follow a certain step, but it had brought this ghost uh, through the veil uh, instead of what she was looking for. And although you, the person who summons these creatures should be in control, maybe get <clears throat> one wish or one curse, and then this creature gets sent back to the other side of the veil, uh, in this instant, this vengeful ghost is now on the loose, seemingly with nothing tying them down. And you are afraid that they might continue these acts uh, and might not stop just at Buck and Shelley. That's not good. Uh, I will eventually go rescue the professor and share this information well, are with Are you him. sure you don't want to come back for uh, a little, uh, well, you know, uh, 
coffee in Kahlua. Maybe we could watch some Netflix. If you know what I'm saying. He would love to. I have responsibilities elsewhere. Oh, Professor Gunderson, your students will be there tomorrow. I wouldn't need much of your time. <laughs> I didn't even do the homework anyway, so you don't have to mark See? it. Thank you, Artemisia. See, your students will be just fine. Why don't you uh, come back to my place, or maybe you prefer a more public area for our dalliances? Uh, I would prefer to go back to my laboratory. Well, that is unfortunate, Dennis. Well, you know where to find me. Uh, I'll be here waiting for you. <laughs> Just rifling through the pages of my lonely heart. Yes, and eventually we'll have a completely digital library and this will be completely unnecessary. <laughs> oh, but I'll still be here for you and uh, maybe they'll digitalize me if that's what you prefer. <laughs> I need to be leaving. <laughs> and you and Artemisia <laughs> leave <clears throat> the Ken Sellis Library. <clears throat> I don't know why Beautiful. I continue to go there. Now we pan the camera over to Deandra and Spin, our other team on the mystery. Uh, they are currently looking for one Candace Lane. Um, and as you are walking towards um, the dormitory that she is staying in, uh, you are crossing the McDowell building, which is the English department classroom building. And there is a loud, shrill scream and what seems like a ruckus coming from inside. Do you go to investigate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you come into the hallway and you can see this like student who is running down the hallway kind of like wide-eyed there seems to be kind of like tears coming down her face and she is running out of a uh, what looks like a teacher's office uh, towards the end of the hall do you want to stop and interact with her or just go directly to where she came from she's she's running correct away from where she came from where the original scream was coming from i'm gonna look at spin and i'm say I'm going to point at the girl and say, make sure she's okay. And then I'm going to pull my gun out and run towards the office. I say, oh, okay. And then I easily catch up to this girl. I'll check on her. So, yeah, she is obviously distraught and she keeps on saying, oh, my God, the, the professor, I, I think I think she's going to kill him. And we find Deandra. You come up to the door. It is ajar, but um, it is kind of like slightly... Uh, oh, only slightly open. Um, when you go to push the door open, you see uh, what looks like somewhat of a younger, uh, maybe teacher. Uh, he is currently uh, kind of half sitting on his desk, facing towards you, but leaning backwards as if somebody was maybe pushing him across the neck. And you are immediately see this like frost that is covering the front side of their body and it's just like almost like this thick gel but cold covering it's like ice but snow and the breath that is escaping from his mouth is coming out and these clouds of steam uh and his eyes are rolled up into the back of his head uh and it looks like he is going through some kind of maybe asphyxiation or heart attack or something is going on and it does not look like he will be surviving much longer. Do I see anything else in the room or just this dude sitting on his desk freezing? At the moment, you don't see anything. Okay. I'm going to like run up to him to see if there's any signs of life or like try to shake him or move him in any way. Okay. Um, why don't you do like a help out or protect someone? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do a protect someone, I guess. I suck at it, but I'm going to try. Ooh, I got a five. So unfortunately, that is a failure, and you will take an experience point. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. By the time you get to him, it looks like 
he is just like in a rigid, almost like rigor mortis type state. His body is just not mobile and he starts to fall backwards and he is now lying on the desk. Um, and as you come up to try to maybe do some kind of first aid or you know some type of resuscitation, you can see that he is almost too far gone and you are cautious with this frost goop that is all over uh, this person as well. And then you hear a voice uh, that is kind of like off to the side of you um, that says, well, that's what he gets. That's what he gets for being unprofessional. I'm going to quickly turn towards the voice. And you see, like, it, it takes you by surprise at first, but you see a young woman who is wearing a dress that looks like it could be dated to like the fashion of the 1970s. Um, she has what looks like a snapped neck and a large uh, encaved head wound um, and is almost kind of like half see-through, half corporeal. Um, and, and she's like, oh, well, this wasn't Clevenger, but he deserved it just as much. I need to find him. Where is he? Hello. And the ghost looks at you. Hi. Um, have I have I interacted with ghosts before? I know I've I've interacted with weird stuff in the past, but like a, a specifically a ghost, like something from the other side of death. Like, have I experienced that before? No, I I don't think so. I I think you've experienced with okay different types of monsters and, and maybe even demons, but right. um, this will probably be your first experience with a ghost of this type. Okay. Uh, what is that? Hell, hello? Do I know it's a ghost? Am I like, am I just, am I gathering that? Uh, yeah, that, that is probably your, your first instinct, right? From what you've seen and what you've heard from Artemisia. And then now seeing this like gotcha. almost like 1970s student who is obviously dead, right? They mm -hmm. have a snapped neck and a wound, head wound. All right. So I'm going to use my, um, hold that I, had on investigate a mystery to kind of like like kind of pace around the room i have the ghost's attention um i'm going to pace around the room and kind of like talk at the ghost and i'm going to ask you um what can hurt it okay um so as you are starting to kind of like catalog all of the information that you have collected and from what's been told to you, both from Spin, Artemisia, and even some information from Professor Gunderson, you have come to the conclusion that there is only two ways um, to vanquish this ghost, okay? Number one is use big magic. And this is something that you have very little experience with. And we're not talking about the use magic power that the hunters use as a basic move. This is use big magic, which has more requirements, uh, probably has some kind of, you know, uh, like maybe a caster that's necessary to help with the process. And then on top of that, if not done properly, can also have dire consequences. So it is, you know, a big undertaking. Um, or uh, you think that if you are able to possibly like either solve this mystery, but not the current mystery that you're in of the vengeful ghost that is killing everybody, but the mystery of what happened in, what happened to Evelyn, you might be able to figure out how to allow her to move on. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe to leave this like mortal coil or this halfway part. Okay. So... Two ways to do it are big magic or solve her problem and let her move on. Yes. And then at this point, you are kind of like talking out loud and, and you're kind of like going through everything, pacing back and forth, you know, not really addressing her specifically. And it's almost as if she is caught like you in her attention and she starts to move towards you and she goes, and you. Have you been good? And then she grabs your chest, and your chest is now in a grip of pain. Mm. And that is where we're going to call it. Mm.
Hey everyone, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to our new Geekly Inc. project, Vanguard of the Veil. We're having so much fun playing and producing this new show, so stay tuned for more to come. If you're interested in learning more about our podcast, follow us on Twitter at Vanguard Veil. If you want to hear more shows like ours, make sure to check out Cthulhu and Friends and Greetings Adventurers, a part of the Geekly Inc. network. If you wanted to follow the people who make this show, you can follow the keeper, Fred, at I Think I'm Fred. Professor Gunderson is played by Matthew at Matthew M. Morris. Deandra is played by Alex at Happy Puke. And Spin is played by Josh at Josketh. Our show is also edited by Steph at Steph O. Kingston and produced by yours truly, 